Local stories are stories of God's grace at work in the lives of those who are a part of local church St. Pete. We want to highlight his activity and celebrate his grace. Enjoy this story. So I remember uh, loving drawing when I was a kid, uh, but sometime around the age of 12, I think, I became aware that I was not very gifted at drawing. And honestly, I was pretty bad even for a kid. Every portrait I drew, no matter the subject, ended up looking sort of like a disfigured David Bowie figure. And I always assumed the flaw was somewhere in my hand muscles or my arm. I vaguely remember my kindergarten teacher telling me I held my pencil incorrectly, so maybe that was it. In any case, no matter what, how hard I tried to coerce my hand, my efforts were in vain, and so I gave up drawing. Recently, uh, during the pandemic, I was in search for a new hobby, and I came across a book called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. It claimed it could teach anyone how to draw, even a non-artist like myself, even someone with zero talent. I was skeptical, but I was willing to give it a try. Early in the book, the author gave an unusual assignment uh, that he said would prove that we were capable of drawing. We were asked to replicate by sight an intricate Picasso line drawing. The catch, though, to this assignment is that we were never shown the drawing right side up. It was only upside down. And we were asked to sketch it also upside down. We were instructed not to flip it over until we were done copying to give ourselves at least an hour of quiet and uninterrupted time. To my surprise, the hour passed quickly with little effort, and when I flipped over my replica, it was honestly the best thing I'd ever drawn. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and rather than taking a lot of effort, the whole process had felt effortless. So what in the world had happened? How did this work? Why could I draw a scene upside down, but not draw it right side up? The author explained the secret, and the secret is this. The difficulty that I had with drawing wasn't caused by a deficiency in my hand or my muscles or my effort, but a deficiency of my seeing. Now I have 20-20 vision, so this came as a surprise to me, but he explained it further and said, when we see something we already recognize, our preconceived idea of that thing can prevent us from seeing it as it is. The author described this as a function of the left half of the brain, the part of the brain that produces things like language and logic. When the left brain scans an image, it looks for symbols it recognizes. It looks at you know, a, an image of a, of a face and it says, oh, I recognize this, this is a face. A face is this kind of oval-shaped thing. Oh, and those are the eyes, those are these kind of you know, elongated oval things. I've seen it, I've seen the face, now I can start drawing. That actually gets in the way of us actually seeing. By flipping the image over, the author had tricked the left part of my brain. My brain wasn't able to categorize the parts of the image and this gave room for uh, what the author referred to as the right side of my brain to, to kick in. This is the part of uh, our brain that when we're in it, our inner dialogue kind of goes silent. We get lost in time and linger over the curves and the lines, the depths and the shadows, the subtle shifts in perspective. We see the scene itself without the interference of what we think should be there, without our symbol system getting in the way. Sometime later, it clicked for me uh, what the Bible meant when it used the phrase, eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear. It's the blindness of familiarity. It's seeing the symbols so much that we miss the reality behind those symbols. And this really hit home for me. Um, I'm grateful for being raised in a great church and a great home and becoming a Christian at a young age. But if I'm honest, I feel like I've never been very good at imitating Christ. 
my imitations look less like a Rembrandt and more like the disfigured David Bowie portraits I drew in middle school. And just like my failed drawing attempts, it's easy for me to immediately think there's something wrong with my efforts. There's something wrong with my hand. There's something wrong with my mechanics. I just have to try harder. And God is showing me that the only real deficiency is a deficiency of seeing him as he is. But how do we do that? How do we get past the symbols and to the reality? How do we get past the part of us that hears God loves us and says, yeah, I already know that. You know, I've, I've known that for a long time. How do we get past that into the part that actually experiences the richness of God's love? Reading the Bible through this lens, um, it's been amazing to see how much of it is written uh, not just as an explanation of theology, but as actually as an invitation to me to what this author called the right part of my brain to actually step in, um, to stop reading and enter into God's presence. It says, be still and know that I am God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Open the eyes of my heart. Your mercies are new every morning. These are invitations to me right now to put aside my stale symbols and experience the beautiful reality firsthand. I'm still learning what all this means in practice, but the more I've been able to put away my phone, to quiet my mind, to wordlessly linger over the curves and lines of God's grace, the more I'm surprised at how effortlessly the act of just seeing him changes me. It's not my effort that makes me loving. It's seeing God's love. It's not my shame that motivates good works. It's savoring God's goodness. Amen.